exclusive titty diet. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. What does it mean to be the wolf? It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. So when are we smoking some weed? I'm being baked. I'm being baked like a cake. We spark one up. Spark one up. Not if you were stoned at the time. That's right. Not necessarily. If you happen to be stoned at the time. And in the bowl, you're probably stoned all the time. It could be. It could be. You never really know until you find out. Wise man once told me, hey, welcome back, bowlers. Listen to episode 101 of Bowl After Bowl. It is August 31st, last day of August in 2021, and I am Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean, and on my lap is little baby wolf cub, John. Got the wolf cub in tow. That's right. Back at it for another one. Yes, another happy Token Tuesday. With pretty nice weather. It finally calmed down a bit, didn't it? Yeah, that rain rolled through, cooled it off for a bit. Oh, man. It's hotter than the blazes, hotter than the blazes over the weekend. Well, not having air conditioning does not help. No doubt. <laughs> yeah, it really makes it rough. You want to get into that? I guess yeah. we can get oh, into that right yeah, now. Yeah, sure. That was an unfortunate uh, event. This has really been... The week of fixing it. It's like uh, Mr. Fix-It week. And it started up at my dad's place. We were fixing the Craftsman riding mower that was left by uh, the seller. It was a new place out in the country. And uh, he got a power washer, so we sprayed it down, made it all restored and brand new looking. Cheers. Cheers. And then uh, pump the tires back up. There's a flatty. It went flat again, so we'll have to probably replace that or replace the tube at the very least. Oh, dang. Always Um, something. We did stay the night up there while kind of we were helping to move some stuff over to the new place. And uh, we get back, and what do you know? What do you know? AC is out. It's like uh, 92 degrees in the house or something. At night. At night. Uh,. So I'm just kind of beside myself, trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And, uh, you know, I did the normal diagnostics. I look out, try to reset it, try to flip breakers. And, of course, I noticed that if you spin the fan, it starts spinning. So um, wonderful news there. It's not the fan motor, right? Um, Pull the panel off, and sure enough, the capacitor has a big, fat bubble on the top. Uh, This has happened... Happened once, maybe like four years ago. Uh, I got the old capacitor here. It's like a little oily because it's leaking some oil. And uh, it's got a big-ass bulge on it. I had really neglected to spray the outside of the condenser unit. So it was all cruddy. And then, of course, in this heat wave, it was just working too damn hard. And it just gave up. Said, nope. I'm going to nearly explode. 
on the capacitor. So we got home Saturday night at like midnight to find the the dead uh, AC, totally dead. And what did I have to do? I had to call around. There was a 24-hour guy on Google Maps near me, and it's like call any time. So I called at any time at like 12.30 at night, and he didn't answer, left a message, didn't get back to me, fell asleep with a little ice pack on my neck, and we just had to open the windows and just kind of ride it out and deal with it. And then uh, next day I'm calling places, calling places. Of course, it's a Sunday, and uh, not really getting any play, because on a Sunday, they're not going to sell you the part. None of the part suppliers are open. There's plenty of 24-hour guys, but they're not going to sell you a part. They want you to call them to come out and service the thing so they can charge you an extra fee, like an emergency fee, to uh, put the thing on on a Sunday. Um, the cheapest quote I got was like a little over 300 bucks, all the way to 600 and some odd dollars. And I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, I had a buddy who said, uh, I've got two different capacitors, because what I needed was a 40 slash 5. The 40 goes to the condenser, and the 5 goes to the fan. The fan doesn't need as much to start. Uh, So a 40 UF and a 5 UF. And uh, he was like, I have those separately. You'll have to kind of jerry-rig them in there, and I was not really interested in that either. Plus he was like, you know, 50 bucks, and I'll sell you those. I did find a guy who was like, if I find one in my van, I'll sell it to you for 20 bucks. But he didn't have the right one. He had a... He had a 35 slash 7.5. So the fan one would have been too high. Condenser one would have been too low. And he was like, yeah, you run a risk of hurting your condenser if you get one that's too low. So I didn't want to play with that game either. So long story short, we sweated it out Sunday. At the hottest part of the day, we took a little trip to uh, just goof around at a McDonald's because they had AC. And we just kind of stayed there as long as we could. Yeah. And a play place. In a play place. Except. Except. Not. During COOF. Because it's COOF season. It got shut down. Well, and we knew that it would be closed on the Missouri side because of the mask mandates mm-hmm. and all that crazy stuff. So we traveled all the way over to the home of the free in Kansas. And nope. You could dine in, which was unique. It looks like they're starting to st- shut dine-ins down because the second one we stopped at, they were like, no dine-in. That was kind of weird. Um... And, but this one you could dine in, but no play place. Just a sign on the door that said play place is closed. Doors were locked because, of course, fuck signs. I was about to just walk in there, but they locked the doors because they're smart. So, womp womp. Kids were disappointed. Yeah. But uh, basically, woke up Monday morning. Everybody's open at that point. So then I can go out and uh, call two places the first place they wouldn't sell me the part of course second place yeah we've got those went down got it eight bucks after tax <laughs> why wouldn't the first place sell it to you they wanted to come put it on too most, oh, of, these, most of these places want to put it on because they're like well we can't have a, we an unlicensed person we can't do it. warranty you know we can't put it on warranty if it's not installed by our people like this is one of the most simple so for those of you guys that don't know or don't do DIY anything, when your air conditioner fails, this start capacitor is the most likely cause. It's the most common failure, especially on more modern machines because most places use dog shit uh, capacitors now. And uh, you can tell by popping um, 
you know, pulling the kill switch, which is usually on the side of your house, right by your unit. You just pull that plug out so that you disconnect the voltage to go into the AC. And then you can pull the panel off. And uh, as long as you know how to discharge electricity from a capacitor, that's the only thing left, really, that can shock you. There's also 24 volts coming from the thermostat, uh, which is telling it to kick on. So if you go inside and turn your uh, cool heat switch to off, then everything's done. There's nothing left that can nail you. As we talked about extensively last time, you know, being shocked is no fun. Being electrocuted is no fun. But it's not like a super tough, hard fix. The capacitor, it basically looks like an enormous battery. And it's a cylinder. And it has three uh, three things coming up the top. They're all labeled. So um, you have the fan. You have the C for common. And then oh, this one's all rusty, so I can barely read it. But the third one basically goes the compressor. Um all you have to do is take some needle nose pliers, you pull the wires off of where they were on the old one, line them up to the same spots on the new one, and then turn the thing back on. It could not be simpler. The little quick disconnect wires, uh, the whole job, especially if you're a guy that has done it a million times, like all of the AC guys are, takes five minutes. Takes five minutes, maybe. Um, asking three wire capacitor. There's like three terminals on it. Um, but mine had a total of four wires because there was two on the common. Two on the common, one going to the fan and one going to the compressor. So, yeah, pop that thing on, turn the power back on, zoom, right back, uh, blowing cold air again, thank God. So now we're back in cold air. It felt good. So you got the AC on, and then you went to work outside. Yeah. On your truck. Might as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Might as well just get to work on something else. And then you can really feel the AC when you come back in from being outside. Well, Ooh. I ended up uh, working on the motorcycle first. Oh. So that was a pretty easy fix. It just needed a new battery. My battery was all totally killed. I was afraid it was something with the fuel injector because the FI light was coming on. Um, but I was noticing when I jumped it, it would run fine until I disconnected the cables. And then it would bog down on me. And I even tried to drive it around the block, and it was just like, it had no power. And like, when I would give it gas, it would bog down and almost die. And uh, it turns out it was just a new battery. So we ran to our handy-dandy Menards. Got the battery. That's always fun to get a fresh battery and put the acid in yourself. Watch the bubbles go up as it activates. Pop that thing in. Runs like it's brand new. It's a, I drive a 2012 Kawasaki Vulcan. 900 and thing only has it's like 64 79 miles it's like a little under 6500 miles on it uh so the thing is at averaging less than a thousand miles a year so far and i'm the second owner of it nice so it's it's pretty much like a new bike yeah the girls were excited to get their first ride on it they got the first ride around the block and uh then we got the truck running which was wiring and another battery. And then once the truck was unlocked, that got us to today's task of getting a new dishwasher. Because we had nothing to haul the damn dishwasher in. We've been needing one for a few months now. A couple months, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I'd say three months since that. I don't even know what exactly was wrong with that dishwasher. The Just... motor failed on it. So... Ugh. It's Rat... like it would run, but yeah, it wouldn't... It would fill with water, but then it wouldn't <laughs> kick on. When the cycle would start. Yeah. So the motor was fried. And 
rather than get a new motor and do that work, just get a new cheap dishwasher, you know. It's not that much more, but it's a lot less work. Exactly. And boom, now we're uh, playing Mr. Fix-It, man. And now we're golden. We got another truck to help your dad move. Yeah, this truck has been sitting in my driveway just dead with a flat tire for five years. (laughs) And it was just time. It's time to get it running again. And uh, then I'm taking it up to my pop's new place. He's... I'm just going to leave it there for use as a farm truck because it's perfect for that. And then if I need to haul some stuff, I'll just go up and grab it. That thing is a beaut, man. That was so fun having it back again and just cruising the highway today because truck is the same age as me. It's a 1990 Mitsubishi Mighty Max. That one has over 230,000 miles on it. Uh, Purr's like a, not like a kitten, but more like a cougar, let's say. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it when I bought it, I got it on Craigslist as I get most of my vehicles. And uh, the guy that had it before me was in automotive tech school, and so that was his like class car. So it's all DIY. It's like spray painted orange. It looks like a, I don't know what, like a construction <laughs> truck or something, or like a big warning sign <laughs> driving down the road. Yeah. Um, the Mighty Max is sort of the equivalent of like an S10 or something small. It's a manual five-speed transmission, uh, straight inline four. It's When you pop the hood, it's like big and wide open, so you can just practically climb in there. You can get to anything. It's a beauty to work on. And, uh, yeah, had to get a new tire for that, new battery. Battery seems to be the theme of all of these because they've just been sitting for ages, which is what you're not supposed to do with vehicles. But, you know, you never really plan when when it's starting. You never really like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let this sit for five years. It just kind of, you don't use it, and then five years go by, and you turn around, you go, holy hell, it's been all this time. I've not ran this car at all, not ran the truck at all. Yeah, the last time we drove the truck before today, I remember the, it was nighttime, and like the, all the electricity went out on it, like the lights flickered. Yeah. And there was a cop riding right next to us, and he just kept on going. Yeah, he drove around. <laughs> so... The wire that was loose, it was just one of the quick, uh, quick connect wires, kind of like the same wiring I was talking about earlier on the air conditioner. Uh, just a quick connect that goes in. And this one was like really loose. And so if you'd hit bumps on the highway, it would wiggle and it would come disconnected. And I don't know what it goes to. It's like one of the main power sources. So like you'd lose engine power and lights and radio and, uh, you know, the whole power to the truck. And so my truck was like, jerking back and forth like and the lights were like coming on and off like some kind of demon possession (laughs) or something and uh yeah sure enough like you say and a cop was behind me he comes up and just drives right around me passes us like not my problem style yeah and uh just keeps going he's like i'm not dealing with that which was fine with me honestly but i really thought it was gonna be like are you okay is this thing roadworthy uh yeah, exactly. I are thought he you, was going to... Are you okay? It's kind of what I was expecting, but no. Nope. No, he didn't have time for that. No, no, that's fine. like, mm, I probably didn't have time for that either. I mean, it got us day. home, so... It did get us home. <laughs> yeah, that was... The last time we drove it was moving in here. Wow. Pretty sure. Yep. So, uh, anyway, that's that's the journey of fixing things lately. And it's going to continue with the Volkswagen out there. Oh, yeah? That's the last step. Um, All right. That's the last step. But hey, before we get too crazy, let's thank some people. This is a value for value podcast. And what that means is we put it out there 
every week. We make a new bowl, and uh, it's for you to spark it up. Uh, all that we ask is in return. If you get value out of it, if you dig it, if you like it, if it gave you some value, uh, decide on a number, you know, price it, and uh, send the value back. We always uh, remind people about the first rule of smoking. First rule of being a smoker is it's bad manners to keep bumming all the damn time. And uh, we had a wonderful episode 100, uh, by the way. I want to echo our thanks from the last show. We were really overwhelmed with the support. And um, you guys are so great to us. So uh, Thank you for the value for value. From the bottom of our hearts. Uh, we appreciate you guys keeping it rolling. Also with the great voicemail contributions. So it's not just about sending us money all the damn time. Uh, it's really about the community's participation in all of these different ways. Um, we always talk about the time, talent, and treasure. And really it's it's the voicemails, it's the clips, it's the stories, it's the feedback all of these things, um, the show is really by us and for us as a collective. So um, it's really what keeps it going. It's what keeps it going. And we do have some treasure to thank. I want to start it off by saying thank you to Lavish. Um, it's kind of a make good, but $10. You he gave, won't go whoa. to hell. Whoa. I dropped whoa. my pad. Whoa. You won't go to hell, but, Lavish. Yeah, thanks, Lavish. Frank Zappa wants you to know you're not going to go to hell. <laughs> Ten bucks. That's kind of a make good because he came in a little late. Uh, you know, he's on that West Coast time, so uh, got in a little late. But he says, nice butthole, Lavish. <laughs> so thank you, Lavish, for noticing. Could be Lavash. Could be Lavash. I've been uh, been doing some, you know, manscaping down there, so I appreciate you noticing. Uh, yeah, so he did get credits in the show notes, but I want to read it, you know, read his note this time, give him credit this time, and guess what? You got lucky with a little coming in late, and you'll get credited on this episode, too. How you like them apples, man? Some say he was late, but I say perfect timing. Yeah. Perfect timing. And then, uh, we also had, uh, monthly stonation come in from Mr. Fletcher. Thank you. Spark one up. Thank you, Fletcher. Uh, 420 Stonation comes in every month. We also get uh, people out there streaming sats to us. So we don't really know who you are, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Uh, just under 40,000 sats in the last week. So thank you. Sweet. If you are interested in streaming Satoshis, those are little pieces of Bitcoin. If you guys aren't in the know, you can go to newpodcastapps.com and find any of the apps that say value in them. They support the value tag, and the value tag is how uh, those apps see our nodes and stream that uh, value straight to our nodes. So we thank everybody out there streaming sats for us. And, uh, you know, as the pod father says... The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. Pushing it so hard out there. So, so hard. Uh, Sphinx app, if you hadn't heard me talk about it, uh, they're pushing new Kotlin releases like it seems like every week so get the latest kotlin release kotlin kotlin i don't know how to say it but uh that one is super responsive i'm seeing all the messages now in my windows app and in my old android app it was written in uh native react those two they would just miss a lot of messages it seemed kind of like a ghost town it seemed like nothing was going on and uh see mike wants to tell me the whole story about kotlin Kotlin, which is pronounced Kotlin, which is pronounced actually Kotlin. Nobody really knows. It's a secret. It's a big secret. 
Kotlin says cotton gin. I think he's biased, though. He wants it to pre pronounce cotton, of course, because he's cotton gin. So Kotlin. Kotlin it is. Um, but anyway, you can get on there, Bull After Bull Tribe. You can go to tribes.sphinx.chat if you already have the Sphinx app. And search Bull After Bull there. will pop up. Join in. It's only 420 sats to join. That's a little join fee. And then you can uh, stream all the episodes there. You can stream sats to it. You can also chat, uh, have magic friendships in the bull, and boost each other's comments. You can send sats to each other. Uh, somebody says something funny or posts a great meme, you can boost it. It's, it's fantastic. It's a really cool ecosystem and uh, cutting-edge way to use lightning to communicate. Um, yes, we also do a first-time-I-ever topic every week. So, you know, it's not just about money all the time. It's not just about Bitcoin all the time. It's also about calling in, leaving a voicemail. This time we are talking about the first time I ever got $100. Uh, just seemed fitting for the 100th episode last time we pick a some sort of a 100 topic. So first time you ever caught, uh, got, not caught, or maybe you caught it. I don't know. Could be. Uh, all you got to do is call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. You can also text the text line with texts or pictures or whatever you like, uh, if you're voice shy or for any other reason. And uh, yeah, we'll play on the show. We're talking about first time you ever got a hundred bucks. We'll also don't let me forget. Gonna be uh, playing a couple more from the High Fly and Hawaiian. He left us a gang of voicemails two shows ago, and I played the first two, and then I said we'll keep playing two per show uh, until we get through them because I didn't want to play. Yeah, all, every single one of them, but I want to space them out throughout the shows. And then last week we got so bogged down in the voicemails that I forgot. I forgot to play it. So I'm going to play it this time. I promise. All right, all right. Promise. Also, I want to send some karma out to the Rev. Yes. Stuck in Louisiana. Yes, he's stuck in the New Orleans New Orleans area. Our buddy Rev Cyber Trucker. So we will not be receiving, I'm sorry to say, a metal moment this week. Um, but karma to him, and you know, if you've got bulls to run by him right now in the Louisiana area, uh, hit him up on No Agenda Social. He's at Rev Cyber Trucker, and uh, yeah, he could use. I know he was asking for something, uh, specific, but now I'm gonna have to look it up again. <laughs> Maybe a place to stay. It might have been a place to stay. It might have been a place to weigh. Might have been a place oh, away. No, it wasn't that. Way the truck. No, I was just trying to stall, actually. No, I had no idea. You didn't know? Couldn't tell at all. Yeah, we were supposed to be going to... Uh, Australia, right? Australia finally won. I was trying to see if I could influence the vote uh, with, with my message here in my mouth. And uh, yeah, it kind of worked. Uh, howdy, folks. I'm reading his toot now. Howdy, folks. Due to being stuck in the New Orleans area with no power, food, because I'm a dumbass... Decent cell signal or Wi-Fi, today's metal moment may be postponed. If there are any No Agenda Nation producers close by, I'm paying for the gas to get to a powered grocery store, assuming any have power. So he was trying to find a lift to a grocery store. Of course, this was 11, hour ago, 11 hours ago, and then a half hour ago, he said, 
fuck, the milk I bought expires today. I knew it tasted like shit. Oh. And he's bummed that he can't stream bowl after bowl. Takes forever just to check his timeline. And, uh, yeah. So, yes. Well, I hope he feels the good karma going out to him right now. Sending road karma out to the Rev. Hopefully you make it back uh, to the wonderful state of Missouri before too long, brother. Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Well, you know who won't be trucking? Who's that? A dead guy they just identified in Oklahoma. He'd been missing for more than 33 years. 33 years? Yeah, can you believe it? That's hard to believe. It's almost too magical to believe. Yeah, they found his remains in 2019. So it's almost 33 years, right? No, he was missing for more than 33 oh, years. More than 33 years. Yeah. Interesting. So they found his remains in 2019 and sent them to the University of North Texas's Center for Human Identification. And they waited till at least the 33-year mark to send back the results and say, oh, yeah, that's your guy. Oh, my goodness. Foul play is suspected, but the lead suspect, back in the day, they didn't have enough evidence on to charge him with anything. And uh, now he's dead. So much time has passed. Mm-hmm. So at least the family can give this man a proper burial now and, uh, you know, have him in their possession. <laughs> That's the silver lining, I suppose. I suppose. But uh, then uh, there were 33 suspected pedophiles arrested in Israel. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. The operation was called Highly Complex. Highly Complex. But it was rather simple. Officers posed as 13-year-old girls on TikTok and Instagram. And so whenever someone would message them, they'd track them down pretty much. Works every time. They were approached by hundreds of men, they say, though. Uh, So how they narrowed it down to 33, I don't know. Just the 33 worst offenders? Yeah. Several of these 33 had previous criminal records. And uh, some even spent time in prison for sexual offenses in the past. That's where it gets to Operation Complicated Thingy. Or whatever you said. Highly complex. Highly complex. It's highly complex, the uh, method by which they <laughs> picked the 33 guys out of the 100 and some odd. Yeah, just 33. Yeah. Gotta and be the, 33. The budget's only so big, yeah. That's true. Uh, and lastly, for my uh, round out on the top three, 33, 33 kids and seven adults died of a mysterious fever in India. Uh-oh. Everyone's confused because they tested negative for the coof. But it seems like it might be uh, something from a mosquito because they've had a lot of heavy rains and water logging. Mm-hmm. So, you know. That's been going around. Dengue, malaria. Who knows? Who knows? It's mysterious. It's always pretty mysterious with the 33s, isn't it? Yeah, but they were really pinging off with the coof stories this week. Things are going crazy. Yeah, you were telling me it was just pouring in. I think, you know, it's the back to school trend. You know, back to school, got to push the fear sure. and such. Uh, but there were 33 cases reported in Caldwell County, Kentucky, Adair County, Missouri, Hamilton County, Illinois, Dubois County, Indiana, probably butchered that one, Columbia County, Oregon, Center County, Pennsylvania. Hawaii, China, and Fremont Schools, California. 33 cases. Then there were 33 deaths in Arkansas, Wisconsin, South Carolina, and L.A. County. Uh, Guyana had a story about 33 people being in the ICU, 
And then Texas rounded it out for a positive week, saying they had 33 recoveries in Hopkins County. <laughs> Finally a positive 33. Right. Um, Pettis County, Missouri, 33% of uh, people that live there are fully shotted up. Wow. And then the Philippines, they've administered over 33 million doses. Dang. It doesn't stop there, though. <laughs> You've got a pile of them there. I know. It's insane. Hanoi offers $33 million in financial assistance to pandemic-hit people. Why that amount of money? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were two places. It was Cyprus and Sarawak where police issued 33 fines for COVID violations. And that's it. That's all I've got for the magic fines. number popping up, but made me sick. <coughs> oh, shit. Oh, Not shit. sick with the coof, but it did make me sick. Out. <laughs> See sick the magic number everywhere this week. Well, in our own coof news, I went and decided to fuck around and uh, try that trendy horse paste everybody's talking about. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, apple flavored. Apple flavored. Yeah, had a horse right on the box, so you know it's just for horses, man. Just for horses. It can kill you if you're not a horse. Which is like kind of alarming, isn't it? If you think about it, like. If it could kill me, uh, if I'm not a horse, but it can't kill a horse, how does that exactly work? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. But anyway, yeah. It tastes like apple up front and then kind of like a medicine on the back, you know? Kind of tastes like... Like a crushed pill. Yeah, like you chewed a pill up, pretty much. Mm. But the old, uh, the old ivermectin, you know? I'm not really uh, nervous about exposure, afraid of getting the coof, but uh just seemed like uh, so many stories going around. All of the same vein of like, people are so stupid and stupid. They're eating horse paste stupid. That I was like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm stupid. <laughs> I'm going to try it. And uh, yeah, I did see uh, some internet post uh, about ivermectin saying that it was like, uh, it's like a guy who had constant stomach issues anyway. And so... He, like, recommended eating it right after a meal on a full stomach. Me, I've never really had problems with medication. You know, there's several medications that are, like, take after a meal or something like that. But never had any issues taking stuff on empty stomachs or anything like that, pretty resilient. But his story was, like, he took the ivermectin a couple of times. He was taking it every, like, three to four days for, uh, you know, what do they call it, preventative uh, use, basically. And... um Prophylaxis. Yes, prophylactic use, exactly. And he said that his stomach just felt like absolute shit, which is normal for him for a lot of different things. He's very sensitive to stuff. But then he said when he took a dookie, it was like it was like ramen noodles. Because he actually had a bunch of parasites Whoa. that the ivermectin wiped out. Because it is, uh, for, for horses, it's primarily a dewormer. And that's uh, how it works in uh, people, too, is deworming. I had heard off of uh, this uh, certain Turbo Catholic podcast, they were talking about how, you know, ivermectin was, was the sauce that you needed, um, and that it's good to just have some on hand just in case you get it. And so I figured, all right, well, uh, they, they recommended the jug of injectable, and you can just take a shot of it or whatever, you know, you just measure it out and drink it. You don't just shoot it, but you can drink the injectable version of ivermectin. Well, the farm store I went did not have that, so I just went to the old... Uh, horsey paste. Horsey paste that everybody is trending on. 
Everybody's trim neon. It was in a glass display, so it was behind a glass display. Uh, it was like 16 bucks for a tube of it that for, you know, for a horse the size of, you know, a couple hundred pounds. Probably 330 pounds. No. No. Oh. That's not how big my horse is. No way. Uh, my horse is a little under, oh. my horse is a little under 200 pounds. And uh, <laughs> so the I dosage, thought you were saying on the box what the box was saying. Oh, the, the horse on the box, uh, the full vial treats up to 1,300 pound horse. So, Dang. you know, if your horse yeah. is smaller, say, you know, around 200 pounds, then uh, <laughs> for that size horse, there's like six doses in there. Um, they were like, is it for a horse? And I was like, yes, sir. And uh, you just shrugged and gave it to me. I got this other one because I had seen the picture going around posted. Uh, I don't know the brand, but I just recognized the label, right? But that, I don't know if they changed the formula or if it was just a different product from the same brand. But the one I got initially was the one I had seen pictures of all over the internet. And it didn't contain ivermectin. So... I was like standing there stupid looking at it and like reading and reading every part of the box and none of it said ivermectin. So then I was like, sir, I need to get a different one. This isn't the right one. So I swapped it out for the uh, ivermectin kind. And I'm trying to find the picture because I did take a picture. Basically, uh, yeah, you just squeeze a little bit out of a vial. They're asking what the shelf life was on it. Uh, looked like a year was a year out was the expiration date, like into twenty twenty two. So a little more than a year. Um, I get the Equimax kind, oral paste, uh, anthelmintic and botticide mm. uh, for uses in horses four weeks of age and older. You know, contents will treat up to thirteen hundred and twenty pounds body weight. Approved by FDA under NADA number one four one two fifteen. So it's funny because when I bought it, the receipt gave me this preachy little uh, statement right under the Equimax. And the receipt actually says, Ivermectin is FDA approved for equine use only and only pursuant to in accordance with its label. It is only effective for the approved indications on the label. This product has not been tested in humans and is not approved for use with humans. Any and all off-label use, off use is unsafe and is strictly prohibited so uh i'm really into that shit the prohibited shit so <laughs> that's like that was just uh the extra boost i needed to be fully confident in it the really irritating thing i with all the stories going around about the uh about the horse shit you know like oh you're not a horse don't take the horse you're not a horse ivermectin is only for horses is just a lie that's a complete and out lie the 2015 Nobel Prize for Medicine went to the uh, discovery of, you know, ivermectin's use uh, in sub-Saharan Africa to treat a lot of the parasitic infections and the parasitic diseases over there. So the 2015 Nobel Prize for Medicine was not given out to the use of ivermectin in horses. It was given out to the use of ivermectin in human beings, bro. Mm -hmm. Human beings, or human beings, I might say. I'm a supporter of human beings! And, uh, I, I must say, anyway, nothing happened. I didn't, probably didn't need it, 
probably didn't uh, need it at all. I was really interested in the parasite angle. I was really interested in like, oh, shit, what if I have worms? Because I like <laughs> was reading more and more about it, and it's like not very uncommon at all. And it's also like if you have parasites, um, there's not very many symptoms really, which makes sense because parasites need to just like survive and live in you and like if you know you're that if you know they're there and then you start trying to get rid of them that's not very good for them so uh i was kind of half expecting that sort of same story but nah just big shrug but that's kind of what i was most excited about when i when trying it i was like shit maybe i maybe i'll find out that i had worms and then i'll get all this extra energy <laughs> you know i'll have to eat as much or something uh but yeah uh, i can i can report firsthand that uh Ivermectin doesn't do nothing to you. And and specifically the horsey paste kind doesn't do nothing to you. You'll be fine. Yeah. Not a recommendation, just a, just a first-hand report, something I did. I pretty much recommend people don't do all of the shit I've done in my life. <laughs> I can't hear. I just, uh, I go my own way, and I don't necessarily recommend any of it to other people. But, um, yeah, that's just my experience. Thought thought it was interesting. Not dead. Not dead. I also haven't been wearing a mask since uh, the whole second round thing. No, no. Also it, not dead from that. You know what was interesting? Is There's so many things that I'm not dead from. It's like hard to keep track. The same day that I think you made your uh, horsey paste purchase, this story came out and the headline reads, Missouri Poison Center receiving uptick in calls about ivermectin consumption. That has to be bullshit. And... Well, they did this. The poison centers in several different states did it, mostly Heartland states. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, it just says, oh, they've gotten an uptick in calls. What? What's the number of an uptick in calls? 39 calls. 39 calls. Yeah. Uh, and in the third line, the story says, however, ivermectin can be prescribed to humans in certain cases. And they give the examples of pinworms and rosacea. Hmm. I didn't know about the rosacea thing. No. Um, but then there's a quote... We definitely caution against medications that are not approved for humans that are really just being given on an experimental basis, which contradicts the point that was made before. Yeah. It has been prescribed to humans. Um, yeah. So, and of course, these aren't people going to the hospital with issues. These are calls to the poison center. It could really be like a spouse who just disagrees with another spouse's yeah, decision and then I calls had, and is like, what do I need to look for? I like, had that same thought of like, you know... You've got a stubborn husband like me, wants to try what the hype's about of the pony paste. And then the wife's like, oh my god, I'm calling poison control. Oh, he ate, he ate the pony paste. What can I do? What can I do? What's gonna happen? Um, C. Mike Riley points out, you know, if people are consuming the ivermectin drench, then uh, that would make sense of an, any kind of uptick in calls. Because the drench is for rubbing on you only and not you. Um, that kind of stuff burns oh. on human skin. Uh, because we don't have horse hides. So it's definitely different. Um, the drench, I can see being like, you know, that's for horses, well, not it, for people. And you don't ingest topicals. That's correct. If someone was ingesting it, yeah. That that's that's correct. Probably not be good. Yeah. Can't even have a horse drink that. Just be bad. But yeah, this is a classic case, too, of the dose makes the poison. If you just eat it all, eat all the horsey paste or something, and something happens to you, then... Well, I want to mention two rumors that I've heard 
over the last few weeks. The first rumor that I've heard, and I have no idea if this is true, it's just a rumor I heard, is that uh, speculation that they may be shooting blanks in human ivermectin just to, you know, try to push the numbers back down in its efficacy. And also, they desperately are trying to tamp down on other alternatives to the COOF shot strictly because they need to keep this EUA going. The emergency use authorization is only valid if there's no other option, if there's no other proven therapeutic or other remedy. So the minute that something gets proven, that there's another way to treat it, then poof, you can't have a EUA on the coof shots anymore. So there's that. And they can't enjoy their um, basically total immunity from any harm that it does. Uh, so they're they're uh, speculating that it like the pills that are given to humans and all the human ivermectin might be placebo stuff going out now like the manufacturers might be doing that i don't know i have no i have no clue i've been reading a lot about pharmacies and hospitals refusing to fill the scripts for it which in and of itself is infuriating um did you guys know my stance when it comes to the medicine and the drugs you should just get the whole Sears robot catalog of whatever's there and whatever you want to buy, you should be able to buy. Exactly. And then you should, you know, be given all of the information, all of the studies, all of its uses, on label, off label, all of that. And uh, you should be able to just buy the drugs you want at the doses you want, take what you want, no questions asked. Uh, but, you know, we can't live in that kind of a society. Can't live in that kind of society. Uh, but the ivermectin thing is the huge, huge threat to the uh, to the EUAs, and that's why they're so ass blasted about it. I heard another rumor, but now I forgot it. Oh. Not, I'm not even behind the curtain yet. I know. What's up? What's up with that? What's well, that all about? Rumors. So what's that all about? Just in one ear and out the other. Yeah, basically. And there's just being out in public. You hear so much ludicrous stuff. It's hard to. File it all and then be like, okay, let's talk about this. <laughs> no doubt. You just laugh and honk the clown horn in your head. <laughs> but see, uh, C Dubs in the chat says he was in Spain and you can get whatever the fuck you want in Spain. My sister had a similar experience in Uganda. Uh, she was over there a couple, a couple few different times, and she said she could get whatever she wanted and it was all cheap as dirt. Which, that's how it should be, man. You should be able to just order whatever you want. What do I want? You know, I don't want... I don't want the bullshit fentanyl. I want the pure, you know? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Plant medicine. I want plant medicine. I mean, yeah. Ideally opium. But uh, you can't get that shit anywhere, you know? No. You can't get nothing good. You need something that's new and patented and it's probably going to kill you. Or just, you know, take Tylenol. Why don't you just... Be happy with taking Tylenol, huh? <laughs> right. Gosh, I've heard that so many times. Oh, I just take Tylenol. It's like, why did I come here? So I don't freaking go to the doctor anymore. <laughs> Tylenol does jack squat for me, man. Same, same. I feel like the risk outweighs the benefits. But did you see they um, extended the mask mandate here in Jackson County till October 7th? Nope, I did not see that. Yep, well, that's what they did. You know, they say that the AG is suing over it, but I guess they're just sitting around on their thumbs about it yeah i haven't heard any updates on that um, so like how does that work you know <laughs> can he get an injunction can he like speed things up can we get to some kind of a conclusion no of course not of course not and then meanwhile you walk around and nobody's actually 
really enforcing it aside from signs. And this is what drives me crazy about the society we live in now is everybody's like, oh, the sign. And they point to the sign and there's a sign. I'm like, fuck a sign, man. Yeah, Sign ain't my daddy. Nope. Nope. And in this uh, second round. Just because you put a sign giving me some kind of an illegal mandate doesn't mean I have to do it. I haven't worn a mask at all since John was born, for sure. And no one has said squat to me anywhere I go. And I've been indoors in Kansas City. Yep. I've been all over the place. We just went to, like, last night we went to, like, five different auto parts stores trying to get the starter tested. Which, by the way, I guess auto parts stores, the uh, starter tester is, like, their equivalent of the McDonald's ice cream machine where it's always down. Oh, shoot. We went to three different ones that were broken before we decided, all right, let's just start calling them. And at the third place, they called other locations for us. They called four more locations, all broken. Then we called two other places in Raytown, and the second place had one that worked. But that was like a total of eight auto stores in the city that all either truly had a broken starter machine tester or maybe they didn't know how to use it and they just said it was down. I don't know personally but it seems like a big problem going around like if you want to have your starter tested good luck good luck with that yeah that's not good but yeah none of them uh were masking and some of them down here in the inner city didn't even have the sign that said peep nice and you go in there and still everybody's wearing one. Oh, that's too bad although there were a couple of places where it's it i think it's always interesting where the workers aren't wearing them yeah. And there was a couple of those where the workers weren't wearing them. I always, I'm always like to shop at places that the employee there isn't wearing a mask. It's just weird. Face-friendly places, yeah. It's so weird to have an employee that you're trying to interact with and they have a mask over their face. And they're like all mumbly. It's weird you to interact see their mouth. with anyone that has a mask on their face. I don't know if they're talking to me. Even if they're looking at me, it just, it's like <laughs> muddled, muffled. I can't understand them. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable when I, there's people in masks approaching me. You know, I, I feel like a like a lab rat or something. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. It always brings me back to E.T. You know, when they they come in, they put up all the plastic walls and stuff and all the hazmat suit wearing people are coming in to poke and prod at them, take them away. Yeah. It's just, it just feels like we're getting to that point in society. Ah, oh, she's showing her face. Get her. Take her in to the lab. Must be crazy. The propaganda didn't work. She didn't get the message. Did you see also in Oregon, now they're mandating masks outdoors. Oh, good luck with that. Outdoors. I did not see that, but uh, here's an early roll for those guys. I see it a lot. Like, I see it when I drive by schools having recess. I think schools probably be the absolute worst place to be during this whole past two years. School. Did, did you see the picture going around of kids walking like zombies to get to yes. lunch and stuff with their arms out in the front of them? The zombie walk for social distancing, yeah. And so, I saw that. That was actually offensive to me. Oh, yeah. That made my blood fucking boil, dude. <laughs> And it's like, okay, I was like, okay, maybe it's just that one school. You start looking it up. No, it's a bunch of schools. I found reports from Idaho, New Mexico, Oklahoma, yeah. all doing that teach. Yeah. And they all say the same thing. So you know it's handed down in the curriculum for well, them. Yeah, like, this let's the make whole... the kids. We can make it fun. They'll be zombies. And first of all, 
in, in kindergarten, I didn't know what a zombie was. I don't think. <laughs> or at least if I did, I didn't want to think about being one nah. or acting like one. It's creepy. It's very scary. It's a problem with schools, and that's why it, the more time goes by, the more confident I am that I'm never going to put my kids in one of those schools. Something that I hated growing up, the school. But anytime you see some dumb shit going down in a school, you know that that's handed up. That's centralized bullshit from the top that just gets fed through all the tubes and it goes out to everybody. All these educators. Oh, yo, that's a great idea. It's so fun. love this. The kids are going to love this. Fucking stupid, man. I've not seen ever in my life clips going around of these angry school board meetings like I've seen in the past six months. It's been crazy. The parents are hitting their limits and I don't blame them, man. I mean... I know some parents don't have it like us where we can just say, fuck it, no school for you. you know? Yeah, we'll do we'll that. Homeschool. We'll do that ourselves too. It's just, it's so irritating. All of the centralization and all the, you know, you rely on the freaking AC guy to come out and put a part on to charge you, you know, three, four thousand percent of what it should cost. It's, same it's the with same with the school. Medication. Same with the medicine. Yeah. Same with every single aspect of our society. It's getting so fucking miserable, man. You just gotta unplug, man. You gotta unplug from as many angles as you can. Do as much as you can from yourself. And sure, yeah, you know, I've I carry a fucking cell phone in my pocket every day, and you know, the, there's certain things that I don't opt out of. It's not like I'm unplugged from everything doing this show, you know, but. At least be informed enough to make your own decisions and to uh, give consent in what you do opt into and opt out of. You know? Yeah. Like I, my diet sucks and I could do a lot better with diet. Eat fast food bull crap, drink energy drinks, you know. But the the education thing is the one that's like at the forefront right now for me. Yeah, it really makes you sick. And I don't know. Our friends daughter just started school and she hates it mm-hmm. and i'm just like well I'll just homeschool with us you know <laughs> i just remember being bored to tears every day well and it's like she's a really boisterous kid she's got like a big personality and she's super friendly and like into hugging and like she's just so lovable and you know that they're just squashing that every day that she goes there you can't be close to people don't you're running like don't run don't hug don't yell. You talk so loud. And it's just like, hey, can't the kid be herself? No, you can't be an individual in that system. They mm. don't want you to be. You have to be a zombie. If you're not right. a zombie, then we're gonna you're gonna go down to the principal or we're gonna kick you out. Well that's what it Shit. just comes down to. It's not education, it's slave training. Because they don't yeah. they don't want to educate you. That's antithetical to what they're all about. Because if you're educated, then you're empowered to, you know, Go out and do things on your own. Maybe overcome some of these traps. I mean, the <sighs> the momentum to get out of the traps once you're caught in them is just so great. It's so hard to overcome. Meanwhile, if you're just raised outside of the traps, I don't know. That's kind of my goal. Like I don't, I don't want my kids to get caught up in a lot of the dumb stuff that I get caught up in. Yeah, yeah, I could do without school. I I remember being super bored in school, and uh, 
having my creativity stifled a lot. You know, they never taught you anything about how to manage your money in school. They oh. never taught anything about taxes in school. No, and if you asked, when am I going to use this outside of school, they would always think of something dumb to say. You're going to thank me later in life. You're going to need this. It's like, no, no, I haven't really. <laughs> Most of it. I never even taught, like, basic electricity stuff in school, you know, which is useful. Never got taught how a car works in school. Never got taught how... A lot of the things around me every day that I interact with every day. How does that work? Why is this this way? Why is this that way? No, you just kind of have the, the, I don't know, just it feels like so much fluff and filler, you know? Oh, totally. But, hey, we made it through. I went through, uh, I mean, I started off in a private school and then I went through public school. I made it out. I can still critically think, you know, but yeah, I don't, I don't want my kid to, my kids to go through that. Oh, just especially seeing Rayla's friend. I mean, their age isn't that different. And just like yeah, hearing her already talk about it, I'm like, oh, Ray went from, oh, Cleo's going to school. I want to go to school to, mom, I don't think I want to go to school. I was like, yeah, you're, I'm glad that you don't think you want to go there either now. Because yeah. <laughs> you always have been on the homeschooling tra- train when I was like, do you want to learn at home? Yeah. And we already do. Right. Basic kindergarten lessons and stuff, you know? So it's just like... Yeah, like reading letters and numbers and stuff. Yeah. I look at homeschool curriculums and for five-year-olds, a lot of it's like one week of the letter A, one week of the letter B. I'm like, well, all right. Let's start tracking my hours now. Yeah. And then we can teach them some awesome stuff. But uh, I have a clip to play. All right. Before we go behind the curtain. Can I play it on my side over here? Yeah, yeah. All right, here you go. A Cook County judge here at the Daily Center has stripped a Chicago mom of her parenting time because she's refused to get the COVID vaccination shot. August 10th, that's the day Rebecca Furlid appeared in court via Zoom along with her ex-husband for a child support hearing involving their 11-year-old son. Now, the two share custody or had shared custody in parenting time 50-50. She says out of the blue, Cook County Judge James Shapiro asked her whether she'd been vaccinated. She told him no, she had not because she's had bad reactions to vaccines in the past. Judge Shapiro then ordered that she be stripped of all parenting time with her son until she gets vaccinated. Over the past two weeks, she's been able to talk to him on the phone and via video call, but she has not seen her son in person. Furlitt is now appealing that order, saying the judge has no business taking away her parenting rights simply because she's not vaccinated. I think it's wrong. It had nothing to do with what we were talking about, and he was placing his his views on me and, and taking my son away from me. But in this case, you have a judge without any matter before him regarding the parenting time of the child deciding, oh, you're not vaccinated. You don't get to see your child until you are vaccinated. That kind of exceeds his jurisdiction. Now we talked to the attorney representing to the father. He says they were as surprised by this as anybody, but they support that decision by the judge saying that given the pandemic, uh, the child should be protected from an unvaccinated mother. Good God. Doesn't that make you sick? Yeah, now, of course it's Crook County. Yeah, exactly. But the good news is that the judge today vacated that order. Yeah, takes he takes these backsies. And the, oh, I it saw made that. national headlines. I Ooh. saw that too. Yeah, well, they got so embarrassed and bitch slapped left and right in the press and otherwise over it that 
there was no way it was going to slide. It's but not an option. It's about damn time, man. Like, there needs to be pushback on more than just this, you know? Exactly. There needs to be pushback everywhere. Like, I was at the point this time last year where I was kind of at uh, combat fatigue over it, you know? Not not combat fatigue in that sense, obviously, but um, just fatigue of ar- arguing and fighting over it. And uh, now I'm like, you know, if, if people don't, if, pe- if people don't just refuse to follow along, this is going to last forever. They're just going to keep doing it forever. It's going to keep going forever unless we just say, no, I'm done. And then more of us say, no, I'm done. I saw, and it's kind of nice, I saw now that a lot of places are going to roll back and consider you not fully vaccinated if you don't get this third shot. And a lot huh. of two-shot people are pissed about that. And Welcome to the know, team. I, I saw some posts on No Agenda social about it like oh this is such a horrible move i think it's a great move i think it's a great move because it is going to take a big chunk of people who are fully vaccinated quote unquote and throw them back to our little unclean people side and we need the numbers man yeah (laughs) so you know you thought you were all nice and fully vaxxed up and then that status is going to expire unless you keep getting stuck over and over and over again hi welcome to the scam welcome to the scam and um yeah, I think they're. I think that a. I don't know about a majority, but a great plurality of people who got double vaxxed are not down for the forever thing, and they're gonna see how they're being slow rolled. Um, and you know, with every with every booster, it's gonna be a shrinking number of people like all jumping up and down to get in line again about it. Yeah. How, you know, when we first rolled out, it was all oh, this is completely effective. And now it's like, oh, well, you need the booster. But now it'll be completely effective. We just get this booster now. But if be... you don't get the booster, it's only 40-something percent effective. So you got to get that booster. And the number before was wrong. Yeah. Well. But don't mind that. We all know how that goes at this yeah. point. <laughs> Shit. Um, in South Carolina, the legislators included a provision in their state budget that prevented school districts from using state funds to enforce mask mandates. Mm-hmm. And now they're being sued by the ACLU, uh, who says that that puts vulnerable children at risk. Which is like, they can wear a mask. You can, you're free to wear a mask. Yeah, you're free to do whatever you think you need to do to stay whatever you think is safe. And everyone else is also free to do whatever they need to do. I'm so sick of this shit. I saw the Mitt Romney thing. Oh, yeah. uh, Saying, you know. Put on a mask for my you don't health have, or You something. don't have the freedom to affect my health. It's like, bitch, if we had the freedom to affect your health, you'd be dead by now. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I almost forgot. There was an Ohio judge that ordered a hospital to prescribe ivermectin for a 51-year-old man on a ventilator. And that's not even the first story of its kind. Back in January, uh, there was a judge in New York that did that for an 80-year-old woman who was on a ventilator. And then guess what? They got better. It's wild, right? It's wild, yeah. It's kind of mind-blowing. So they stopped, the woman, I know, they stopped giving it to her when she got better and then put her back on a ventilator. I don't remember what happened, but <laughs> it's like, dang, something works. We can't let, we can't let anyone know. Yeah. <laughs> They'll see behind our scheme. It's okay, John. Let's go behind the curtain. Yeah, no doubt. Too much, too much. But, you know, I don't... I don't really talk about the coof. I know it's normally. been it's been nice. 
get it just, off our chest a little bit. But yeah, save, God damn it. save it everybody's, for the bowl. Fuck, everybody's talking about it. Whenever it starts to stress me out, I just remember that lady we saw who had rubber gloves on and she was putting hand sanitizer on the rubber gloves and oh, rubbing them together. God. I forgot about that. It was so wacky that my brain did not comprehend what was happening or I would have totally videoed it because it was just so ridiculous. I was like watching her and walking by. I know. And then I looked at you and you looked at me me and we were like, like, wait a minute. (laughs) It reminded me of like some of the freak out scenes from Requiem for a Dream where the lady's on like SSRIs or whatever and she's like. Having the trip sequences in her kitchen, it reminded yeah, me of fridge. that. I mean, she just seemed out of her fucking mind, bro. Just like yeah, bug eyed, rubbing the she looked the sanitizer on the blue gloves. <laughs> like, like what the fuck it, are you doing, ma'am? If you're that worried, please just change the goddamn gloves. Oh, seriously, I know. Uh, did you see? Well, you know, our friends down under are having a real tough time. Yeah. And one farmer was barred from traveling to his aunt's funeral. So he decided to make a tribute for her with a drone video. Did you see that? No. Okay. He ended up laying out grain for his sheep in the shape of a heart. And then he lets them out, flies the drone up, lets the sheep out of the corral or whatever. And they come in and eat this grain. like, And it's just so beautiful. I can't describe it in words, but... The heart just forms slowly out of these sheep. Gotcha. And it just kind of looks like grains of rice, like, forming into a heart from above. Yeah. With that awesome drone footage. And they played it at her funeral with a bridge over troubled water in the background. (laughs) But I'm not crying. Oh, jeez. But, you know, it's just like, can you imagine that? You can't go to a family member's funeral because of... Our rules. It's totally fucked. Rules for thee, not for me. Just yeah, yeah. It makes me so angry. And at least we're not at that point here. But what is that the future that they're they're hoping for? Is that what they want? No. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. If if people are gonna put up with it, then they're just gonna keep cranking it up. Yeah, making it worse and worse. But I I do see people unmasked and carefree like us when we're out and about. I notice yeah. them. It's just a, it's still a minority. <laughs> Yeah. It's one of those uh, things where, like, the spoon doesn't exist kind of thing, you know? Where, like, if you're enlightened enough to understand that it doesn't fucking, you know, doesn't matter, then you act accordingly, and nobody pushes back. It's kind of, it's kind of insanity, really. Kind of insanity. Total insanity. Uh, kind of like this next clip I have. Oh, you got some clips going today. Oh, yeah. You know. Just more ways to spend taxpayer dollars. Oh boy. It's called contingency management. Governor Gavin Newsom is asking the federal government to help pay for it using tax dollars through Medicaid. Tierra Hodge sees the need for more programs to help those struggling with addiction. But could paying people to stay sober really be a solution? Local recovery experts say yes. And this new plan has been in the works for months. The state Senate unanimously passed a bill in June legalizing the plan to pay addicts for sobriety in small payments for each negative test. Other models of this contingency management program usually pay people on a card, not by cash. The state says the bill would cost about $179,000 a year to treat about 1,000 people. That's only about $180 per person. It is now up to the state assembly to get the bill to Governor Gavin Newsom's desk. 
It's all only less than 200 bucks a person. Oh, my God. <laughs> you want me to poke holes in it like Swiss cheese? I mean, they make a big deal about, oh, they give it to them on a card, not in cash. Well, who fucking cares about that? So then you pay your rent on the card, and then you got extra cash, you know? Like, yep. Money is money. So it doesn't matter. Like, there's no system you can set up where you're like, oh, they can only spend it on this and this and this. Like, okay, sure. And then the other money they have freed up to spend on whatever the fuck. Secondly, the only thing you're going to pop a piss test on is pot. I know. It's That's pot. what I was thinking. You do coke, you do meth, you do anything else. It's out. In 24 to 36 hours, it's out. It's gone. They're all water-soluble drugs. You piss them right out of your system. So the idea that you're going to give money uh, to for negative tests to addicts as though, like, as though the negative test is a result that they haven't been doing drugs, it's a total fucking farce, man. Yeah, total it's... farce. And as though those things can't be spoofed as well. Like, there's so many problems with this. There's so many problems with this. Even uh, even if you do buy the whole basic idea of what they're trying to go for, it's still full of holes. Uh, just makes all these ways to spend our our money. You know, yeah, the working you, person. They're very money. creative coming up with that. Yeah, and then they said. <laughs> They'd only uh, help a thousand people. I just thought that was an awful low number. You're gonna too. sprinkle 180 bucks at their feet, like good job, good boy. Yeah. Here you go. Crazy. It's wild, man. I couldn't believe that when I saw it. I was like, oh, get paid to stay sober, huh? What's the catch? Yeah, I'll, I'll be. Uh, it's 180 <laughs> bucks. I was like, nah, no. Not even <laughs> worth it. No. Um, so you remember standing akimbo? They were. Going to the Supreme Court for round two on their lawsuit trying to overturn Section 280E, mm-hmm. um, which of course is the federal tax provision that prevents weed businesses from claiming normal deductions, business deductions on their taxes. Well, once again, the U.S. Supreme Court gave them a hard pass and will not be hearing their case. I guess womp, womp. That they tried again after reading uh, Judge Clarence Thomas's opinion on the last round, where he said federal prohibition may no longer be necessary. But yeah, yeah it sounds great. I mean, federal prohibition may have never been necessary, but I guess let's not get into that right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking assholes. Yeah. Well, in the second round of their lawsuit, they allege that the IRS retaliated against them with additional taxes, um, and they were also trying to argue that the IRS has no right to their state taxes during a federal audit, which came upon them. So, um, and another argument that they were trying to make was that the IRS doesn't have the authority to determine whether their operations are prohibited under federal law in the Controlled Substances Act. Yeah, that's a sticky one because, like, I don't know what the IRS has the authority to do. Like, the IRS has been given basically the all authority of heaven and earth. Yeah. Which is just disgusting. You know, there shouldn't be income tax or an IRS at all. Nope, but here we are. There's far better ways to fund the government if you're going to fund it. And I think you know my opinion on that, too. Uh, it's just so out of control, Spence. It's so out I of know, control. I know, I know. And that's the problem. That's the problem is, like... We're in a wartime situation or we're in, you know, some emergency situation or whatever. The government comes up with this clever excuse and then they implement some terrible shit 
and then it just stays around. Just stays around forever. You know, there didn't used to be no friggin' income tax in IRS back in the day. And then they just needed it. It was an emergency. Please, please, we're in, we're in an emergency. It's an emergency. And then it lasts forever. And then the emergency ends, but, you know, the bullshit does not. Right. Like the TSA. The bullshit just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. My favorite. It's an increase. <laughs> Slow mission creep for every friggin' alphabet soup there is. Did you see the volunteer group of American vets um, that were helping to get allies out of Kabul? I did. I did. I saw they were trying to get in trouble, too, or something. Trying to get in trouble? Or the State Department was trying to get them in trouble? Oh, no. I didn't see that. I just saw that their mission, they called their mission uh, Pineapple Express. Nice. Yeah. And I did not know that their group name is Task Force Pineapple. (laughs) I'm never, ever ever gonna smoke weed again so much love to them for trying to do the right thing yeah and <laughs> trying to help people oh <sighs> yeah i mean that's what happens when you try to do the right thing is the government comes and they stick their boot up your ass <sighs> i know it's terrible problem is when people start writing stories about it really which sucks because it's great and you want to honor the people doing these incredible things but then then just, the government knows just brings it, it just brings it to unwanted and unnecessary attention, you know? Yeah, yeah. I say keep it stealth. Oh, yeah. No new friends. No new friends, <laughs> that's right. Uh, well, in response to a lawsuit that was filed in May, a New Mexico judge ordered a change in rules that allows medical weed patients to buy the same amount of weed as recreational consumers are allowed to buy. Makes sense to me. Uh, They were previously limited to eight ounces in a 90-day period. Hmm. But under recreational, everyone can buy up to two ounces a day. Holy shit. Yeah. That's uh, a stark contrast, bro. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, Uh, the patients... Okay, if there's going to be a limit balance, the patient should have the one that's higher. Duh. Yeah, exactly. That's fucking incredible, dude. Two ounces a day. (laughs) I know. I know. I was like, whoa, New Mexico. No cap limit on the licenses there, too, in New Mexico. What? Got it going on. I think if you go out to your truck and you pull your glasses and hat off and then go back in, you get another two ounces, you know? (laughs) Maybe. Uh, Recreational sales there in New Mexico are scheduled to begin April 2022. Um, so next step, medical patients should be able to get up to two ounces a day if they so choose. Um, but the regulatory duties are in the process of being transferred from the Department of Health to the Regulation and Licensing Department. So both agencies, if they want to fight this, they both have to show up in court or just comply with the order, hoping that they just comply, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed, right? Yeah. Treat medical patients like recreational consumers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also in New Mexico, they opened the gates for cultivation licenses and received a hundred, not a hundred, 897 submissions in the first week. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, once permitted, they can grow up to 8,000 plants depending on the license type, but the smallest, the micro business license is still 200 plants. That's plenty of plants, bro. Yeah. So, um, and 
they've got it looks like they've got their little processing system down because they say that applicants will know the status of their permit within four or five days after filing. Wow, somebody's got their shit together. No, yeah, no cap on the licenses. You know, this is how it works. You meet all the requirements, yes or no, you're good to go. Or try again someday. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Yeah, you go, New Mexico. Uh, The Idaho Supreme Court overturned a shitty law. Uh, that would have, of course, hindered weed efforts, efforts to get recreational and such, because the law required signature gatherers to get 6% of registered voters out of each of the 35 legislative districts within a pretty short time span. Um, And it was looking as though Idaho might have had the toughest initiative process in the nation. Um, But overturned now thank goodness although supporters say that that law protected people with less popular political opinions from being overrun by the majority mm. <laughs> sure maybe you know, just show up to vote you know mm-hmm. uh in nevada the fbi is investigating their licensing process to determine if corruption was involved with awarding licenses like so many other states I'm not really sure why the FBI got involved here, but I guess we'll we'll probably find out soon enough. The article I read had anonymous sources, you know, and one dispensary owner who talked about being interviewed by the feds for 45 minutes and saying, yeah, I suspect there was some uh, corruption, some pay-for-play going on. Um, but it's funny because Nevada specifically set up a task force in 2019 to root out corruption and criminal influences from the state's weed industry. And also, uh, maybe worth noting that all 64 of the business licenses that were awarded in 2018 went to 17 businesses out of a pool of 127 applicants. Hmm. So, now they're in the process of awarding the consumption lounge licenses. Uh, And fun fact, they've got 10 that are reserved for social equity applicants, but say, if... There aren't any that are qualified to get it, or if there are no social equity applicants, they'll give them to normal people, other people, people who don't qualify. Non-equity applicants. <laughs> yes, non-equity applicants. The most equitable way to say that. Thank you. Oh. In Alabama, turns out that their medical program could be delayed until 2023. Oh, man. Yeah, their medical cannabis commission met for the first time this past week. What are they using as an excuse? The COVID stuff or they didn't give a reason. They just said that licenses won't be issued until after September first, twenty twenty two. And then they've got to grow some product before they get things rolling. Um see that's what we had a bunch of shall deadlines written into ours, you know. The department shall have this done by this date. And the department shall have this done by this date. If you're not writing them like that, you know, then you're at the mercy of the bureaucrats and whenever they're going to get their act together, which could be potentially never. Right, yeah. Uh, interesting thing I learned is that in Alabama, they require all the weed to be grown in greenhouses. Huh. So. Fletcher would like that. Yeah, outdoor. Yeah, well, greenhouse well, is kind of like the the halfway. Sheltered outdoor. Yeah. But not hydroponic. 
or aquaponic or any other way. <laughs> in uh, Arkansas, medical business owners have been complaining about problems with the seed-to-sale tracking system. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that the state has been paying $560,000 a year for their contract with Biotrack THC, which is a subsidiary of Colorado-based Helix. And they've been with them since 2017. And uh, although they renew annually, it looks like they're slated to keep their service until 2024. Uh Data hasn't been accurate. Uh, things have been unresponsive, and they can't get a hold of any customer support. Um, one dispensary owner said that items in the inventory will disappear and then reappear as oh, different no. items. Oh, no. Uh, so these dispensary owners have been forced to create and maintain their own internal inventory and seed-to-sale tracking, basically. Oh, well, what's the point of that? Right. You're paying these guys to do it, and then you also have to do it yourself. Oh, man. And we've seen it before, of course, with the 420 outages that happened last year. Yep. Everything goes down because everyone's using maybe like one seed uh, to... They're <laughs> all using one single tracking point system. of failure. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no... What uh, could go wrong? No what one... What could go wrong? No one picking up the phone. Can you believe it? No. But in Ohio... The Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol has gotten the green light to start gathering signatures. So, they need to, at first, get 132,887 signatures. So close to 133,000. But no nice round number there. Um, And that amount of signatures would force lawmakers to take up the issue and consider enacting the proposed law. But if they decline... The group will have to gather another 132,887 signatures to qualify for the 2022 ballot. Dang. And um, there's already a recreational bill that lawmakers are looking at, but who knows if it'll get a vote or whatever. Yeah, I don't have high hopes on that one. No, no. But no that, pun intended. That's it. That's it. Looking good in New Mexico. Cool. Everyone else, you know, just still suffering under the... Strange situation we find ourselves in, where everything is federally illegal, unless it's a uh, hemp CBD, fifty state legal, right? And all those uh, synthetic derivatives in the limbo of not having laws against them quite yet. Uh, C- CBD is only approved for use in horses, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very dangerous for people. Crabs now, yeah. Delta Ten was on my news feed. T-H-C-O. I'm like, guys, stop. Oh, I know. They're going... Just plant. Just grow some plants. They're going like mad scientists now on the shit. It's like, uh, what about the flower, though, you know? Yeah. What about I poke poke a seed into some dirt, and then, you know, three, four months later, I have this plant that I just cut off and smoke. Right, because what chemicals are you using to make these extractions and stuff? What are you using? How does it even work? I don't don't know. know. I don't know anything about it. It's like, nobody knows anything about it. It's all new shit. Yeah. MRNA service says it could be. Some dude will give you a slick talk about what it's about, but, you know, you're going to trust these fucking idiots? I'm not. I know. I'm not. No. Well, you know, this is normally where we'd have a metal moment and pick things up, energy-wise, but... um, Blessings again to the Rev. He's stuck in the uh, the hurricane madness down there, down south. 
But I did want to uh, maybe discuss something and also <laughs> make correction. I uh, I said in the post show that like at least three or four times a show you have to sound like a complete and total idiot. And uh, one of those was right at the end. We did at the end we had our hundredth episode, and then we did the hundred thrusts for the hundred episodes. And uh, I dedicated it <laughs> to the hundredth episode and to. Uh, whoever OnlyFans' predecessor will be. Oh, that's right. You said predecessor. Instead of saying whoever their successor will be. So total... Oh, we were thrusting. I mean, yeah, I was I was a bit distracted. We were behind the curtain, and things were getting wild. And We need to see more podcasters thrusting while they're podcasting. Maybe not. See, I guess uh, <laughs> for people who just came to the show on that one and were like, what the fuck did I just hear at the end of this goddamn episode? Um... The 100 Thrusts for 100 Episodes actually first was a spontaneous celebration that we did for Hog Story on their 100. And we did it on just the voicemail on Google Voice. So it was like a one-take call and, you know, whatever you leave is what you leave. Uh, and then we did one for the Grumpy Old Bins. Uh, they yes. had their 100 right a little bit after, which I, I have to, I'd have to check, but I don't think it ever made it to, like, the recorded version of the show. Although it was played in the post-show. Post-show, yeah. And then Darren also spun it on the rock and roll pre-show, I think. Woo. Like, on the next day, uh, the <laughs> next the next uh, time they had it. And uh, then we've just been doing them kind of, or when people hit 100. And we were just the last ones to do it. So I felt like it was, uh, it was only appropriate to do it here as well, you know. Yeah, so it got tacked on to the end of the recording. Yeah, so that's what that's all about. And we were talking about OnlyFans... And uh, how ridiculous of a move it was. They they tried to pretend like they were going to bill, ban oh. all sexually explicit content. Well, just like the uh, judge took the custody rights away for no shot and then that got rescinded. Of course, OnlyFans rescinded their looming ban of sexual activity on the site. Great PR stunt. Yeah, I'm sure. If you didn't know what OnlyFans was before, you, you know, probably do now. I'm sure that they lost money on it. All over because a lot of people just right away went to other platforms, and there are plenty of other platforms out um, there. But yeah, it does kind of beg the immediate question. We kind of explored it last show, but there obviously needs to be some sort of solution where you're not reliant on some third party company that you know is then beholden to payment processors or they're beholden to you know board members or investors or whatever they got going. You know, All right? Value for value. There needs to be a way to have manage and own and sell your own content for yourself, you know? Yeah. Sort of like uh, what podcasts have going on. I don't know. Exactly. Now do it for We're erotic try, art. Trying to do music in that with the uh, with the old Bobcat Index. Free the slaves. Uh, if you haven't heard the Ablecraft podcast, check it out. Me and Abel Kirby are, are working on a solution like that for music. And I thought, man, uh, a smut distribution system is also kind of... It's like the obvious next step, right? One think? would think. One would think. One would think. Um, you know, we also want to know what one would think about the first time they ever got $100. And this is your time to be able to call in at uh, 816-607-DOOF. It's 816-607-3663. And uh, let us know. You can also send a text if your voice shy. Uh, some of the texters are not so shy at all. Uh, we take it all. So... 
Uh, that line, by the way, if you're listening not live, but if you're just listening during the week, that line still works. You can text it. You can uh, phone in or whatever. Yeah, day or night. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, like this caller did. Um, actually, and I said it, we were going to first do, uh, I'm calling him the high-flying Hawaiian. Uh, we're going to play a couple more from his uh, voicemails from way back. Oh, but it always helps to um, to turn your channel up. If you might have your channel muted for whatever reason, uh, to turn it back up. Yeah, I just want to talk about the, um, the science of COVID real quick. Um, Perfect. So I would just like to talk about vaccines, you know, the um it's a fact that uh they added the HIV and the malaria genome into the into the uh coronavirus strain, which is basically like a flu, right? There's multiple different kinds. Um but basically HIV came from uh injecting people with uh sick monkey DNA uh in the um polio vaccines, HPV that created HPV forty, um simulated monkey virus and there's uh Merck doctors on record saying that they were bringing these sick monkeys in and that's what created AIDS and HIV. And then they took that and they added it into this. So that way they, they kind of got into the uh, human genome that way. Not only that, but they like have been taking PKU tests on babies, Gilbert tests, and sequencing their genome for like, I don't know, 20, 30 years now. Um, and then they weaponized it. And that's what, that's the scary thing is like, don't be giving these people your data or your genetic sequences, the PCR test, all that, that's yours. Um, you know, there's a reason that, like, Obama has a clean, DNA cleanup crew. There's a reason, like, Madonna has a DNA cleanup crew. There's Bushes and the Clintons. You can't get a piece of DNA from the Clintons. But um, anyway, that, so they're or smart about you. it, but, they, but we're, we are dumb about it. So, I mean, I'm just saying that's the science. I mean, so they took the HIV. They added it into that. That was a kind of like a get into, got, got into our genome. And then um, spike protein is produced in animals. If, I don't know if anyone knows that, but it, it's produced in animals. Humans don't produce it. We get sick off of it. So now they've changed our genetics so that we produce these type proteins. That's what's creating these variants and stuff, the Delta variants or whatever, getting everyone unvaccinated sick. And it's really, um, it's a really long process of, of uh, alienating our, uh, our bloodline. And so people that are getting vaccinated are really shitting in the genetic pool. I mean, and um, really, I mean, like, that's their choice. Sure. Now we have to deal with the consequences. Um, just like it's my choice if I'm going to go shoot up uh, meth. And, uh, you know, smoke cigarettes all day and get really sick and spread it. That's still, everyone's going to have to deal with that. So to do something to for the betterment of health of someone else is just stupid. Because people are going to do whatever they want anyway. You know what I mean? So, I know what you I mean, don't know. man. The, that caller from last last episode getting the shot to, to help other people out is stupid. It's just dumb <laughs> and ignorant. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> he's not. He's well, actually, he's without out. knowing the science and without being well-informed and doing your research and knowing science, you, you, you're not, you're just making stupid choices. Just, there's no real point, you know. Um, yeah, so it's chimera. It's a chimera shot. You know what I mean? Like, you're producing chimera artifacts in your blood now. It's in the record. NIHS.gov, they've been researching this for geez, 30 years now, you know, since the polio vaccines. So, I don't know. Do whatever you guys want, but uh, that's what's going on. That's what's going on right there. He has it, like, laid out, man. Has it laid out and lined out. The high-flying Hawaiian. Uh, calling that other caller, even. For me, I, uh, I, I don't really rabbit hole that hard on the different things. I've, I've heard a version of a lot of this different stuff, for sure. Um, there's been a lot of people pointing out the similarities from the AIDS crisis in this one, and the, the same people that ran the AIDS ones are running the COVID one. There's definitely that. Um, 
for me, it just is very simple. I just don't trust it. I just don't. It's like all of the usual suspects. And I really prefer not to do business with them. That's all. That's all. That's all. So, like, for me, it's not really any deeper or any, like, extra deeper sources cited than that. It's just like, no. no. I know these guys. They're shysters and liars every other time that they've done a thing. So, like, I'm just not doing business with them. Um, yeah. I do yeah. not consent. Don't consent. That's all. <laughs> hey, uh, here's this next caller. Howdy, y'all. It's Rick from Joplin. Just thought I'd call up and say congratulations on your 100th episode. Thank you, Rick. I know. Thanks. I'm a day late. Oh, day late. But uh, I want to make good on that uh, F-tie you had about the first time you really got shot. I can remember it <clears throat> quite well because it was when I was uh, living with my first wife. We weren't married yet. I hadn't figured that one out <clears throat> at that time. <laughs> Anyway, we were the, the uh, house we were renting. The uh, bedroom like... light switch was all messed up. You know, it was wired wrong. You know, you you flip it up and the lights go off, flip it down and the lights would go on, and it just annoyed the living hell out of it because every other switch in the place was was fine. Right. Well, I wasn't real knowledgeable on wiring, all <laughs> that good stuff, so I thought, yeah, I'll just fix it myself. Yeah. I didn't flip the breaker. Oh, man. Now, let me tell you. Been there, kind of. When you get 110 in your hands, yep. because you were dumb enough to grab both wires at the same time, Yowcha. you get this really weird sensation all through your body where everything locks up and yeah. you know you need to let go. But for whatever reason, you can't let go. Yep. One's in str- strong enough, it'll bite you, and then it'll make you hang on to it. Yeah, no doubt. 220 will usually knock you loose, as so I'm told. But yeah, that was my uh, recollection of the first time I really got zapped. I learned a lesson that day. You bet I didn't learn about not marrying that broad. Ah. But anyway, talk to you all later. Love you. Love you. Diddy Bitty Homestead Rick signing off. Be seeing you and in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Definitely check out Diddy Bitty Homestead on noagendatube.com. Uh, we have a we have a rabbit over there, so you know, yeah. say say hello to our rabbit when you go over there. Jack Harer. Jack Harer, yes. He's a great rabbit. Man, um, when I got hit, like I told you last week, it was we thought we had turned the fuses off or the uh the breakers off, but we just didn't turn the right one off. Uh, and you always got to do a check. There's these little things that are super cheap at the hardware store you can buy. Just you plug them in and they light up um, if the thing's hot. They also test the ground too to see if the ground's good. Now, obviously, you can even just use a little night light. Hello, if you don't <laughs> want to go to the hardware store, everyone's got something they could plug in, but we didn't even test it, we didn't plug it in. We didn't plug anything into it and realize it was still hot. But my saving grace was I was holding one of the wires in my hand, but the other wire, I didn't touch it. I hit it with something I had in my hand metal. Uh, I think I was holding, like, the metal part of the screwdriver and just, like, bumped it against the thing. So, like, my hand squeezed the screwdriver and the wire, but I just got zapped right off because it was only the screwdriver tip hitting it. But, yeah, dude, if you grab with both hands, it makes you not let go. In fact, my dad told me this story of the time he got shocked. 
uh, which I didn't tell last week, but I guess he was in college and he um, dropped a hairdryer as it was on. And you know how you just reflexively catch stuff like, yeah. oh, no. Well, it, he caught it as it went right into the toilet. <gasps> oh, and so then no. he was like, he got the, he got the squeeze on him and he, he couldn't let go of the thing. But he was able to like reach over and pull it out of the wall, like pull the plug out of the wall. Otherwise, he'd been hurt pretty bad, I think. Jesus. That's what he said. He's like, yeah, you can't let go. He's the one that told me. That was the first time I learned that you, that happens when you get electrocuted. Yeah, it's scary shit, man. You can't let go. That's why we also said you got to, like, kick or bump somebody. Like, charge at them and shoulder check them. If you think they're getting shocked, like, don't grab onto them and try and pull them away. Because then you're just going to be in the same position. This phone call uh, from the next caller. Would never let him get into that position. Okay, I, I don't. I'm trying to think. The first time I got a hundred dollars, and I think it was probably the first job I ever had, um, because um, yeah, as a kid, I mean, it was not something that you know, money was not uh, something that was plentiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this was despite the fact I went to a private school in high school. But uh, yeah, my uh, yeah, that was that was there was a lot of uh, financial aid involved in that, and uh, yeah, there was not a ton of money. Uh, lying around. So I'm pretty sure the first time I ever got $100 was the first job I had, which was actually working, um, which, yeah, I guess, yeah, I mean, I worked for my stepfather, but I don't think I made $100 at any point. Uh, You know, certainly that had to pay off that, you know, the money I made doing that had to pay off other things. Uh, So there there was never, uh, so the money wasn't around, but Probably the first time I got any sort of money like that was uh, when I was in the when I was in college. The first the first job I had was actually working in the uh, in one of the computer labs for the um, you know for the, you know for, at the university. And uh, yeah, that was uh, you know I, I I made decent money. I mean for the you know I don't know it was you know it was minimum wage give or take. Um, but that's but yeah that's you know and again I even for even though I went to a private university again, financial aid, but I also had to work my way through it, and so yeah, the money I had was um, was largely spent on that. Of course, then I also discovered, yeah, that that the credit cards were very predatory back in the early '90s, um, as far as college campuses go, and yeah, I ran up some debt. That's a whole other discussion, but uh, yeah, so I guess I don't really have a great story for the first time I got a hundred dollars, but. Um, other than, yeah, I, I earned it. Uh, there was, you know, I mean, I, you know, sure I got money growing up or whatever. Um, but it was never, you know, a hundred dollars, I guess, but that's just, uh, that's just the way it goes. Um, but you know, we, we didn't all, but, uh, you know, we, depends on the, the time or whatever, but that was, uh, that was what I had. No service for you. You can take that to the bank. Yeah. I like money though. You need that one on your board, phone boy. You need to get the money one. Yeah. No, that's great. Oh, oh, oh. I just noticed there was a follow-up. All right. So I, I actually have a $100 story just because it's a... Uh, it came it is, to uh, it. Yeah. That's, since that, that is the topic, I already did, obviously, talked about my, yeah, my first time I got $100. Well, this is the first time I found a fake $100. So I was out for a run um, sometime last week, and I was... Um, you know, and I was running along, and I happened to look down, and I saw what looked like a hundred dollar bill. So I picked it up. 
Nice. Um, now it turned out I got you know I got it home and and hit, when I had a chance to really look at it, it it's it showed fake money uh, as you know it, it said play money wherever there was supposed to be a um, you know the, the serial number so you know. Womp. But I have to say this fake hundred dollar bill. I mean you know you kind of look at it. And, I mean I had a real one to compare it with. Um, that was similar vintage in it, and you know I could see how somebody could look at this and and go, wow, that's that you know, and actually take it. But um, you know, there's some telltale signs that it's that it's clearly not a, a real bill. But um, yeah, so that's the first time I found a fake hundred dollar bill. Nice, which, you know, I guess is something that I was just you know just found it kind of on the road. You know, it's actually over by the over by the Narrows Bridge. I found it, and I don't know. Uh, why anybody would have a, a $100 bill that would look like that, I would certainly never attempt to pass off such a bill because that, that would be, uh, you know, that, that would not be, that would not be right. But, um, it is, it's an interesting thing and I'll probably keep it just as a, just as a fun little, uh, thing that I found on my run. Uh, huh. you know, of course I probably make more, you know, I probably save myself more than, you know, more than $100 by, with all the running that, that I do. Although, you know, good, a good pair of running shoes can easily cost that, but <laughs> oh well. Uh, you know, that is, uh, yeah, so that's, that, that is, uh, my other story for today. Yeah. Oh yeah. The double dose. Thank you, phone boy. You know, you reminded me of finding money on the ground. I used to have this, uh, bill snatcher. It's like one of those things you get like at a joke or prank or magic shop. Um, basically it was a little circle that you could palm in your hand and it had some invisible string on it. And then you could tape that visible string to a dollar <laughs> or, you know, in my case, I used to put like a 10 bucks on it or something, tape it there. And then you just pull, you know, it's about a full arm span length of string. So you can get a good like six feet trail on it or whatever. You pull all the string out and then you just hold it because it's on a spring reel. And then you just lay that money down like behind the perfect place to do it is behind you on the floor while you're at a checkout. Right. Because then it's almost guaranteed. Somebody's come up to you. It's also guaranteed, like, they'll think it's yours and probably, you know, try to just hand it to you or whatever. But then uh, as they, like, go to reach for it, you just, like, release your grip on the thing and it goes zoop right into your hand, you know? Nice. Used to get people like that all the time. When I was, like, 10, 11, 12, I was into, like, little magic shit like that, stupid shit. Oh, man, that was a fun... uh... So I kept myself entertained when I was (laughs) (laughs) pranking people in the public. Innocently, though. I mean, you didn't put poop, poop on it or anything. It wasn't a no, poop dollar. No poop dollars, man. No poop dollars. <sighs> I would never prank this next caller. In the back of the light, they will smoke me. Bowl after bowl. Yeah. Yes. The first time I ever got my hands on a real chunk of fucking change, and that was my own money, I was probably about 15, and it was the summer time and i got this money by playing with my band that was when i first started being a band and it was about two years into being in a band at that point we were starting to do shows where people actually paid us nice we didn't get paid very much but by the time the summer came around i had uh i had like 200 bucks cash saved up when i was 15 i didn't smoke weed uh i wasn't partying i wasn't drinking i wasn't really doing a lot so right 200 bucks for a 15-year-old kid uh, really lasted me a very long time. I mean, it lasted me like 
two months, three months of that summer. Not bad. I remember that two hundred bucks just like lasting me that whole summer, and I could, I could. The big thing was that I could go and eat wherever I wanted. Yeah. I could go, you know, and get a cheeseburger whenever I wanted. I could go to a restaurant, and sit down at the restaurant, and have a meal, and be able to pay for it myself and leave and. It was around that time that I, I really discovered that I, I loved doing that. I loved going out. I loved going to restaurants and, and being out in the town. That yeah. was around the time that I realized that I, that's really what I enjoyed doing. And um, that, uh, two, that 200 bones, man, I'll never forget it for as long <laughs> as I live. And then now, I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it, it's really sad. I don't know what, what time will do sometimes, but. Two hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, two hundred like, bucks ain't, ain't what it used to be. No, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's like a fat grocery run, right? Alrighty then. Much love to you, uh, job bless, and all of that good stuff. Job bless. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, lavish. Some say lavash. Guy knows how to make an entry and an exit for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, also, the Behind the Schemes show. You should check out Behind the Schemes. You should check out Phone Boy Speaks. Yeah, and we mentioned Fletch earlier. Check out Hog Story. Check these shows out, man. I always get behind the curtain, and I'm like, oh, yeah, some of these helium shows, man. You All know of the shows, goes, man. You know how it goes. When's the first time you got 100 bucks? The first time I got 100 bucks, I was thinking about this all week. And uh, like Phone Boy, I think it was my first job. Yeah. I remember, and it was 300 bucks, my first paycheck. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> yep, I was 16, working at the the old Wendy's. The old Wendy's. First job, worst job. Nice. Fresh, That's for sure. Fresh, never frozen. But yeah, uh, you know, I would get like $5 along with birthday presents and such, but money wasn't really a gift in my family, you know? Yeah. Like... Get. Even graduation and stuff, I didn't get any money. I just saved up the little bit that I did get over time, had a bank account. And so when I was an adult, like, here's your bank account money. And spend, don't spend it all in one place. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, money is a gift, not really a thing. So and for a minute, I thought that the first, the first time I ever got 100 as a dollar amount, just even 100, I think, was in my adult life for one of our... Uh, marriage anniversaries from our neighbor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a check. <laughs> yeah. That might be the first time I got 100 on the dot. Well, uh, Servo in the chat says, for my first time getting $100 tip was from cleaning up the puke of a newlywed bride in the lobby of a hotel. Got to use the carpet cleaner machine <laughs> and busting out the big boys. Uh, C-Mike told us one earlier, too. He said... Uh, in the bowl chat earlier. First time I ever got $100 was for taking photos at a friend's wedding, which I thought was kind of cheap, but he was a Navy SEAL, so I acted really happy about it so he wouldn't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> good good move, man. Good move. Good move. Yeah, I did a lot. I had a lot of weird, different jobs. Some of them entrepreneurial in nature. Some of them... Uh, like, I used to uh, produce wedding DVDs for people. I did a few times while I was in high school. Um, which is fun for me. I love weddings. I love working weddings. love being at weddings. They're always fun. They're always fun. Even the trash ones, even the shit show ones, even the ones that just go south, they're all fun. Either in the, There's always something to like laugh about or something. Um, 
But no, my first hundred bucks was way before all that. My first bucks was before my first technical job. My first hundred bucks was in Cub Scouts. The first year we sold candy bars. Whoa. I was like six and a dollar candy bar man. We used to, I used to go down to my dad's work and hustle them out there. You could really clean up. Everybody would buy because they were dollar, you know? Yeah, everyone's going to buy dollar. a candy bar for a dollar from the kid. The you know? cute so, kid some, and it's your coworker's some son. Ki- some guys would like pull out a five or a ten and be like, all right, let's 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 clean you out. You know what I mean? Like if I filled a box of candy bars up and I went to a place, I could put them out, man. I could just, I would go until there was no candy bars left in the box and I'd sell them all. Uh, we would go, my dad had bowling league, so we'd go to the bowling alley, work a freaking bowling alley selling candy bars. Give me a break, dude. Ooh. Give me a break. I'd run out early, and then I'd just have to dick around for the rest of the time. Go to my dad's work, like I said, you know. And then I'd do the door-to-door thing, like first to work my neighborhood, then when that was done, we'd just, I'd drive around and get dropped at a different neighborhood. Just ringing bells, man. Just a numbers game, you know. Most people would be like, no, or they wouldn't open the door. It's like, whatever, man, just keep going. Just ring every right. every doorbell in this neighborhood. Just keep ringing until you're out of candy bars, and then, you know, you go get more candy bars, do it again. That was the hustle, and I definitely got a hundred. <laughs> I've seen a hundred bucks in all of its different denominations. The first year I worked candy bars, hundred ones, twenty fives, ten tens, five twenties, two fifties, and a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> seen all, seen all when I was six, man. All when I was six. I know I have a button Hustling. for that. Hustling, all cash, baby. That's right. Oh, that man. crispy green. You know what I'm talking about. That's awesome. I had gigs before my first technical job, but man, I made like 20 to 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. No, man, I used the fundraiser Aww. hustler. Um, the first two years in Scouts, I was top salesman for popcorn in uh, Whole Heart of America Council. The Whole Heart of America Council? I know, that's crazy, right? My goodness. I was slaying them, man. Slam. You got a you got a newspaper article about those sales, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I like money though. That <laughs> was fun. It was fun. Yeah, the uh, the council's little newsletter. I was in oh, the newsletter, the newsletter. In that. So then after the second time, because my dad <laughs> called him and he was like, you know, look at my kids. Kids making you a lot of money on uh, the trails and popcorn, man. Uh, mm. I got all the freebies. The cool thing about our scout troop, so the way that Trails in Popcorn works in scouts is like you'll see it on the order form. Seventy two percent stays local. So the other what makes that leaves twenty eight percent. Twenty eight percent goes to Trails in, pays for the popcorn. The seventy two percent that stays local is split between council, Heart of America Council that I mentioned, and your local troop. Your local troop Whatever happens to that money is just decided by your local troop. So the bylaws can say whatever. You know, they can determine to use the money for whatever. Some troops, like, use it for equipment or maintenance. Some troops use it for dues or this or that. You can use it for whatever. My troop had the bombest idea of, and it was was my mom, I think, mainly behind getting it set up this way. The part of the Trails In fundraisers that goes to the troop actually goes directly into a scout account. That's tied to the individual scout. Nice. So the ca- the scouts that you know sell more and raise more money, they can use that for any scout related expense. And then you basically got a free withdrawal every year when you went down to Bartle to summer camp. So like 
you could do spending money at Bartle. You could just do a cash withdrawal. And that gave you a chance to pull out once a year, you know? Yeah. Well, fuck. That's pretty cool. The first year I did uh, Trails in Popcorn, I sold over four grand of the shit. Whoa. So I had like 13, 1400 bucks in a scout account right off the bat or something like that. Man, I was like, I wasn't paying for no camp outs. I wasn't paying for no, like, I went and got the tent and the sleeping bag and all my shit, like, right after that first year. I just got all new everything. Hiking nice. boots. Because um, you could buy camping equipment, too, you know. For all It had to just be scout-related or bought at the scout store. Shopping spree. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. That's the that's fun. That's my 100 bucks hustle, man. It got crazy once I got to scouts. Plus, they give you free stuff. There's freebies, too, at every level, like bike and TV. I get a karaoke machine. Oh. I got a... All kinds of stuff. You know, it starts with the keychains and then goes up, you know? My public school would do the candy bar sales, but we didn't see a percentage of it. No, no way, man. No way. <laughs> but they did have jump ropes. Yeah, your school would have bought you, like, crappy new uniforms on the marching band or something like that. Mm. Yeah, no, they're never going to let you touch that money or decide where it's spent. Nope. School, man. Scam. Hey, we got uh, one more caller letting them letting us know. First hundred bucks. Uh, first time I ever got a hundred dollars was yeah. my first communion, which, uh, I don't have any clue what grade that is. It had to be one through six. See my now. So maybe, I don't know, like, uh, first third communion. grade, fourth grade, somewhere in there. I know I got a hundred dollars and I got a gold chain. I was cool with the gold chain. Nice. And my, uh. My little Mr. T starter set. Um, but the money got put in the savings account, like, right away. Uh, much to my chagrin at the time, because I wanted, wanted to buy cool toys. But, uh, yeah, I actually think that money probably was in there until I bought my first car, uh, which I used a little over half of what I had saved up in all those years as a kid when I bought a car. Uh, but my dad paid for half of it, so. Nice. In the smoke bowl. In the smoke bowl. <laughs> In the smoke bowl. Hey. This transcript ends with, but my dad paid for half of it off the smoke bolo. <laughs> <laughs> that nice. sweet smoke bolo. Sweet smoke bolo. Well, you know, there's only one thing left to do. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Oh, yeah. Ready to roll? I am ready. Uh, did you see the California teacher who had her kids pledging to a flag that wasn't the American flag? Oh, no, I did not. Oh, here. Well, I got her TikTok video audio all clipped and ready to go. I can tell you're doing like the... You're daring O'Neilling. You got it okay, ready Okay, so during to... third period, we have announcements and they do the Pledge of Allegiance. I always tell my class... Stand if you feel like it. Don't stand if you feel like it. Say the words if you want. Don't have to say the words. So my class decided to stand but not say the words. Totally fine. Except for the fact that my room does not have a flag. It used to be there. But I took it down during COVID because it made me and um, I packed it away and I don't know where and I haven't found it yet <laughs> but my kid today goes hey um, it's kind of weird that we just stand and then you know we say it to nothing and I'm like oh well you know I gotta find it like I'm working on it I got you what and there she says like <laughs> not really 
In the meantime, really I tell this kid, we do have a flag in the class that you can pledge your allegiance to. Oh, and he no. like looks around and he goes, oh, that one? I pledge allegiance to the queers. Oh my god. It's the... <laughs> As inclusive as you can get, pride flag with like the cutout, with the brown and the, the white and the, the black pink, and the purple the and the blue pink. and the pink and the every sprinkle. Yeah, so I added uh, that second clip from a different TikTok video she made. Idiot. <laughs> By the way, making <laughs> why would TikTok you put that, like that? I mean, first of all, let's just say if we're gonna be subversive, you have to be subversive. You can't then just go broadcasting. <laughs> Look at this. Tee-hee. So yeah, uh, it's all under investigation now. She's under investigation. I bet. Why would you hide the flag during COVID of all things? Because it, it makes me you uncomfortable. feel. What? What does the flag got to do with COVID? What? Oh man, that's a boggler, man. It's a boggler. Yeah. Pledge allegiance or don't. I did that phase for a while where I'd sit down for it. Yeah. You know. But someday, at some point. Because I was like an angsty teen, and you can, and that's freedom of speech, and you can, but. uh it's also, this is the beautiful thing about symbols is like, it's collectively what we all make them, you know? Yep. Um, and I don't really like uh, all the hijacking of that symbol. The symbol is just freedom. It's the simplest thing. You know, that's what, when I was in school, they still taught that when you were just a little kid, like the first time you do the pledge in kindergarten and then they're like, yeah, liberty and freedom. That's what this stands for, for everybody. Like yep. justice for everybody. It's all in the fucking pledge if you're just listening to the words. Yep. Your God-given rights. No. Like, nope. <laughs> no, we, no, no. we can't be united. Yeah, we, we can't be united be and can't be all be split It's like, up. you know, the equality and the justice and the truth and the freedom. It's like what all these people claim to want, but then the symbol of all that makes them feel uncomfortable for some reason. Just sad. Just sad. But then this like rainbow flag that they just keep slapping more colors on as time goes by and more shapes and it's just getting more out of control, adding more letters to the acronym, getting more depraved with it. It's like, where does it all end? You know, you guys are spiraling. You guys are spiraling, man. Spiraling out of control. Figured out. Kind of like one woman's relationship she had with a chimpanzee <laughs> at a Belgian zoo. It's extra spiled. It spiraled out of control. What can I say? <laughs> she is now banned from the Belgian Zoo. No um, doubt. Dick's out for Harambe, man. <laughs> Spooches through the glass for Cheetah. In this case, his name was Cheetah. Cheetah. Was he cheating on her? I don't know. Cheetah, Cheetah, Pumpkin Eater. A 38-year-old chimp who was once a pet, but given to the zoo 30 years ago. Um... And so I think he already probably had some uh, being used to humans interaction, you know. Well, and uh, in certain contexts, he yeah. Well, he's always uh, according to the article, of course, he's always had a problem bonding with the fellow primates, and they've um, kind of left him out. Uh, so before zoo hours, after zoo hours, he's just isolated. Um, and I guess he was injured in a brawl in 2008. Um, but this woman, 80, 80 Timmermans, she was visiting him every week for four years. And she shared clips of her and him waving and kissing through the glass. Now she can't see him. Damn. Yeah, and uh, she thinks it's not fair, but the zoo says they asked her to change her behavior. 
and she did not. I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without you. <laughs> no more monkey business. Too bad. Yeah. Gotta stop monkeying around. Three <laughs> three babies have been hospitalized with rickets and brain disease after being fed homemade alkaline diet following formulas. Really? Yeah. Dieting your babies. Oh my god. Some trendy fad diet, but for babies. Yeah. A very celebrity pushed diet. Not for babies, but these idiots made it for a baby. Right. It's absolutely not for babies. (laughs) Diet. Baby. It doesn't even make sense. Baby has a very simple diet of titty. Exclusive titty diet. Yeah. Well, and at least the store-bought formulas have the nutrients and vitamin D levels they need and calcium and... That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. even formula is titty substitute. It's, it's titty substitute. It's right. titty or titty substitute. That's all they can. They can't have other things. If it's not titty, it's not for a baby. No. Even if it's fake titty, you know? Yeah. So I, I hadn't personally heard of the alkaline diet. Um, but the followers say that eating alkaline foods like fruits, vegetables, some nuts, not walnuts, but some nuts, um, and uh, I, I don't. I think they were anti-peanut too, but anyways, soy. Soy's on their good list, of course. Um, while limiting acidic foods, like of course animal products and grains. What about um, uh, what, nuts dipped in honey? Nuts dipped in honey <laughs> could be good as long as it's not a walnut. But they said that that doing that helps the body maintain a healthy pH level. I see. Uh, that's what they're going for. And they also tout that, well, if you do this right, you don't have to exercise, which is just bullshit. Everyone needs to exercise. Yeah. So Come on. Fuck that view of it. I don't know. Whatever. You do what you want with your body. But God, please, if you have a baby, just. Babies need s- give them <laughs> certain titty specific diet. Shit. Titty diet. Titties. Titties only. That's right. Yeah. So the, to balance that story out. Uh, Vegan titties. <laughs> <laughs> Still titties. Sorry. I'm sorry. The sugars from human breast milk have been found to help treat and prevent infections, specifically group B streptococcus. And they're hoping that one day human, nice. human breast milk will replace the antibiotics that are being prescribed. That would for be pretty it. tight. Yes. Then you could really be like, uh, you have a whole industry, you could be a milkmaid. True milkmaid. Real milkmaid, man. Uh, to help save lives and stuff. We'll you get... got GBS. You need some titty milk. I'm your girl. Yeah. Save the world. Save the world with your titties. I'm your milkmaid. <laughs> <laughs> save, saving the world one squirt at a time. It's oh, yeah. a beautiful thing. Uh, the world does need saving um, because I have another clip. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> This is just embarrassing. Is not a high-scoring game so far on the lanes, I hate to tell you. I think we're at 10 the points. The only required Garmin at Philadelphia's naked bike ride this year will be a face mask. Oh, Organizers no. Say the face coverings are necessary because they'll be following the city's earlier COVID-19 restrictions. Thousands of people say they're taking part and that this is part of promoting a positive body image. Riders will journey 10 miles around the city butt naked on August 28th. Last year's ride was canceled, as you might imagine, because of the pandemic. So you're telling me <laughs> we can ride around on our bike, wiener out, flopping, 
but we have to wear a fucking face mask. I can see your butt, but I don't want to see your mouth. It makes no sense. For safety, even. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for the for public health and safety, even. I'm happy to say that. I mean, that's the thing that everybody comes at me with when I say, like, who cares? They don't, you know, they shouldn't even require clothing by law or whatever. It should be different than by law, but. People are like, well, you sit down, you get your butthole germs, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe, maybe. But uh, I would counter that, you know, your phone has those butthole germs all over them. You know, butthole germs. Really, They're you know, everywhere. It doesn't really matter if you're wearing pants or not. The butthole germs will spread, trust me. But, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, we've seen the sneeze particles. Now, the World Naked Bike Ride is something I've always wanted to do every year. I still haven't done it. But no, nah, not if I'm having to wear a face mask, bro. If I'm no. doing the world naked bike ride, I ain't wearing nothing. No, no, definitely no mask. I just like how it's like, oh, we want to push body positivity, but your face, hide it. It's scary. Ah, uh, but you it gotta stay safe. Me. You gotta stay safe. Don't yeah. you want to stay safe? We're all just trying to be safe. It's outside. You're riding a bike. I'm happy to say that when looking up pictures from the event there are plenty of people not wearing masks good yeah i mean that uh, wouldn't even be enforceable. but i am disappointed to say that when i say plenty of people they were almost exclusively men all the women there had face the in the pictures i saw were all face masked up i was like come on ladies <laughs> what are you doing yeah maybe it helps just, you be anonymous too you know yeah you know didn't really see anyone fully naked it was a lot of like yeah, there's a lot of body paint and a lot of... Uh, Bikinis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, well, it's a step in the right direction, yeah. I suppose. They they call it bear as you dare is what it always says. But Yeah, cute. You know how bear I dare. Oh, yeah. All the way. In my birthday suit. <laughs> Why not? This bear right here. So, you probably saw this one, too. China has set a video game limit, limit no. for kids under 18. No way. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this, but in 2019, uh, the government banned kids under 18 from gaming between 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. and had a 90-minute weekday restriction in place. So now it's just worse. Uh, there's no online gaming during school week, Monday through Thursday, and on Fridays, weekends, and public holidays, you can have one hour a day between, get this, 8 and 9 p.m. So you can play video games for a cumulative three hours a week. Uh, and they say they're trying to curb youth video game addiction. Yeah. Uh, I have my doubts. I don't know. Um, and in, another interesting thing they put in place back in 2019, I believe, is that 16 to 18-year-olds are not allowed to spend more than $600 a month on video games. Wow. That's pretty wild. I don't even know what to say to that. I would have been I mean, definitely I'm, in violation. Yeah, me. exactly. But the word online caught me. For it says no online games. So, like, can you still play an RPG or, like, something that's not online, you know? Like, no? You'd hope like so. Like, story mode of something? Yeah, I guess not, man. I don't know, but... Um, I mean, that puts games like Fallout to be unplayable. if You can't put that much time into them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well... Oh, I didn't even... <laughs> it's obvious that was a gutter bone. Yeah. Yeah. Who... Screw that. Hey, at least we're free to play all the video games we want to play here. That's right. The good old US of A. Yeah. 
Uh, more than a thousand students have signed a petition in Meade County, Kentucky, to stop other students from dressing and behaving like cats. <laughs> okay. I can get behind that. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, the principal... Fuck cats! The principal was saying, uh, or one of the school district leaders was saying that it's against the dress code, you know, wearing leashes and ears. And Okay, yeah. I don't know if they're wearing furry suits, because, of course, they're kids, so we can't they're see pictures of them. probably licking the back of their hands like assholes. Oh, yeah, and hissing at people was brought up, you know, sleeping in the windowsill or, like, curling up by the window. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was there were a few oh, weirdos no. when I went to public school. Only a few? Were a bit like that, yeah. Oh, yeah a few. Only a few, Only a few the like, extreme. cat-type weirdos. The, I am a cat today. That kind of weird, like, yes, will hiss and claw and bite <laughs> and purr and purr, you know. I always make them purr. You gotta keep duh. that anime out of the states, man. It's ruining. Well, that <laughs> I was just like, this, bl- is this blame, my fault? <laughs> I blame the hentai girls, bro. <laughs> but yeah, can't 100%, do that in school. Hundred percent. How distracting! Cats can't write. Cats can't take tests. No, they shit in a box. That's send about, them home. That's the most impressive thing they can do. Shit in a box. They need. They need their parents. Or they need something. I don't know. <laughs> they need. Yeah. They need a good butt spank, probably. Something. Uh, no. Here, try this blunt. You're no longer a cat. <laughs> Relax. Unless it exacerbates it. The first time, you know, the first oh, time. Yeah. You don't know what to expect, and you hit it. And don't Double quit it. it. Ooh, catnip, meow. <laughs> Fall asleep. Uh, well, in India, a man died after using epoxy resin Instead of a condom. Whoa. Yep. But it's a little suspicious if you ask me because uh, (laughs) when this all went down, he had gone to a hotel with his alleged ex-fiance, took drugs, and I guess he uh, has some health condition. They just kept saying health condition in the article. Um, But between the drugs and putting the epoxy on your dick... It led to multiple organ failure. And it's a lot of uh, combination of, of shit. Yeah, yeah. Like they mentioned that the ex fiance applied it, and I'm mm. just like, oh, hmm. hmm. Was that really for condom usage replacement? His dick. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then wrote people... it one last time. Wow. Po- it's it's pottery. It's pottery. <laughs> uh, they found him unconscious outside, and then he died in the hospital. So. Rough. Well, she's dead. I mean, Gorilla Glue Girl did not get to him in time, I guess. I guess not. You know? <laughs> he didn't hear the good word of yeah. not for use on human skin. Don't glue yourself, man. No, just pull out. It's Jeez, only approved in horses. It's only approved in horses, man. Come on. I mean, think about that. Though. He really did not want a baby with that lady. I guess not, man. <laughs> I glue my dick shut before think- I shoot seed in you. <laughs> It don't just, blew my dick shut and die. Ugh, it's so bad. Wowie zowie. It just seems like. Wonder what type of drugs foul he took. Play. <laughs> right. What yeah. kind of drugs? Just says it took drugs. Like that could be so many things, man. Yeah. What can you say? I you know can't pick and choose with what they write in the India Times. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want anybody else getting ideas, so they didn't tell anybody what it was. No, but you know, 
one idea that might be a good one is uh, if you're on the run from the police, you could consider stealing a mortuary van because oh. if the body rolls out the back and uh, falls in front of the cops, it's going to take them a minute because they don't want to run it over. They got to figure out who it is, who it belongs to. Oh, no. And that's how a 23-year-old in Georgia managed to escape. <laughs> oh, no. He was already running from the police. The body falls out and they're like, wait, wait, Don, stop the car. It's just going to be more paperwork. Stop the car. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Took oh, the, he man. took the mortuary van. The back was open when he hopped in. Oh, and, well, then that's uh, an easy rollout. It's already yeah, on wheels. The body's on the gurney. Just rolled out the back right into the parking lot. Uh, and then uh, it says that the van did become disabled, uh, disabled, disabled, disabled <laughs> after striking multiple vehicles and blowing a tire. So he was careless. Oh. Um, and then he fled into the woods, but was not located. Still on the run. That's how you actually get away. It's not the it's not the mortuary vehicle. It's the woods. Running into woods. The woods will save you, man. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say about that. That's all. That's all. You know, if you ever got to run from the authorities in Minecraft, <laughs> head into the woods. Yeah, don't chop the trees down around you. No. Then they'll be able to see you. Uh, my final story for the lanes in the bowl after bowl tonight <laughs> is that, I know, John, he's, a Michigan judge has ordered parents to pay $30,441 to their 43-year-old son for getting rid of his porno collection. Oh, sweet revenge. <laughs> wow, that must have been one nasty collection, bro. Right? It was appraised. Films, magazines, <laughs> other items. It's unspecific there. Uh, but yeah, it was appraised for that $30,000. Holy and, moly. Uh, he lived with his parents for 10 months after getting a divorce and finding a new place to move to, mm. and which he did move out, and apparently left this behind because he got an email from his dad saying something to the effect of, this is for your own good. You'll thank me later. No, we'll see nope, you later. I'll see you in court. And uh, they will also be covering his $14,500 worth of attorney fees. Oh, man. Yep. That is hilarious. Sweet All revenge. cash, baby. Yeah. I you don't throw him, out them titties. I gotta give him another one. Did you see her breasts? They mm -hmm. did. Yep. They did. Absolutely did. Without a doubt. Should have embraced the titties. They didn't. But titties, we need to... Titties are the truth, man. Think of a first time I ever for next week. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sure we had one written down, but there's no way we're going to be able to find it in time. No, not in time. What about, like, the first time... Think of a phone boy story that you told tonight. First time I ever found money laying around, laying on the ground. First time I found money. I like it. Or just ground score. It doesn't even have to be money. Could we just open up the ground score? Do you like money? You know I like money. Yeah. <laughs> I like money, though. <laughs> a perfect setup. I know, right? You softballed it to me on accident. Define money. Oh, man. This is like an econ class. You define money on the voicemail to Bull After Bull at 816-607-3663. And we'll listen to them next week. You have all week to think of it. 
call in, let us know. Text in if you're voice shy. We'll play a, play a little song. Thanks so much for hanging out in the bowl with us today. It's been a great time, as always. And uh, we'll be here next week like clockwork. Till then, I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I am Dame DeLorean. And as always, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl, bowl, bowl after bowl till he's sick. Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowl. It's just weird they talk the chicks into it. Yeah. Oh, she's dead. Yes!